Welcome to the Glenn Mercer Show, where we talk all things vegan. If you're not already vegan, no worries, we'll get you there. If you are, tune in for health advice, information on climate change, and all the damage done by our most destructive industry, animal agriculture. We'll also talk cooking, theater, film, and culture. My two reasons for starting this podcast, to entertain, to inform, and to make people vegan. Oh, that's three. Shit. Hello and welcome to the Glenn Mercer Show. You can find us across all your favorite podcast platforms and at YouTube and at realmeneatplants.com. Our special guest today is Dr. Monique May also known as the physician in the kitchen. She's a board-certified family physician, and she's wearing her moniker right there. She's a board-certified family physician who enjoys helping busy households uh, embrace healthy plant-based eating. She attended uh, Temple University Med School and practiced clinically for more than 20 years. She's not currently practicing. She's currently working from home and uh, doing the work uh, from her websites that help people learn about plant-based nutrition. Could I call you Dr. Monique? Sure. Dr. Monique, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Glenn. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. All right. Before we get into your journey, tell our audience about your different websites and what they will find there. Sure. Well, again, thank you so much for having me and for sharing um, your time with your audience with me. So as you mentioned, my name is Dr. Monique. I am a board-certified family physician, and I help busy households enjoy healthy plant-based eating without impacting their hectic schedules. And I do that in a variety of ways. I've got a couple of books and um, and the websites that you mentioned. Um, I have a cooking class called cookingwithdrmonique.com. I have a course about how to plant-base your pantry or become more plant-based, and you can find that at plantbaseyourpantry.com. And then my other services or my physical products are found at physicianinthekitchen.net. But there was a whole process till I got before I got to all those things. So I'm looking forward to talking in more detail about that. Well, let's get into that process. You, you went to med school at Temple University in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. How much nutrition was taught when you were at med school? That is an Excellent, excellent, excellent question. And the answer, the, the short answer is not much. Um, I'm a little older than I probably look, but I graduated med school in 1996. And, and at that time, we, I remember taking uh, a couple of classes. Of course, we learned about diabetes and high blood pressure and, you know, too many carbs are bad for diabetics and too much salt is bad for our high blood pressure and heart failure. But the concept of using food as medicine or, you know, eat this, not that, in, in specific detail, was really not uh, addressed back in the dark ages when I was in medical school. So I know that's not the case now that has improved in, in some uh, med school curricula, and I'm excited to, to see that. But we, for the most part, even into my early years of practice, when we would have hospitalized patients who had these medical conditions, such as high blood pressure or diabetes, we would just write, you know, consult dietitian or, you know, low salt diet when we had to write their, their orders. But um, unfortunately, probably didn't give it as much thought or, or really um, focus on it like it really, like it deserves. 
Well, I have some bad news for you, Dr. Monique. From what I hear, it hasn't improved very much in medical schools. They're still not teaching a lot of nutrition and and certainly not kind of plant-based nutrition that we'd love to see taught. Not across the board, but I do know, I believe Tufts has a program. I know Harvard has has a, a program. So it's 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 not widespread by any means, but I do right. think it's more than what we had when I was at that point. Right. Now, the case I make is that when you're not taught about nutrition and you're training to be a doctor, you are being taught a, a lesson. And the lesson is nutrition couldn't possibly matter too much or else they would mention it. Is that, do you think, the lesson that came through? I mean, I, I think, you know, on some level, kind of subliminally, maybe that's true. Because again, you know, we're not taught it in great detail. Um, we kind of um, outsourced the the patient's dietary management to the nutritionist uh, when they came into the hospital. Um, and, you know, we would, don't get me wrong. I mean, we would tell them, okay, you know, if you're on a blood thinner, you can't eat too many leafy greens because it will affect your blood levels and, and things like that. So, of course, we know that there's um, an interplay if you're on, you know, certain cholesterol medicines, you can't drink too much grapefruit juice. I mean, we, we know... I remember more of the interactions being, because those could be harmful. Um, I remember that being more ingrained in me as far as in patients that are on these medicines, you know, whether they're psychiatric or blood pressure medicines or blood thinners or what have you, you know, these are some of the foods that you want to be sure to counsel them about. But as far as um, just a, a food is medicine curriculum or course, no, that, that right. unfortunately wasn't available to me. Right. So at what point were you uh, on the standard American diet when you entered med school? And at what point say. did you change your diet? Well, it's interesting. I've never been a real big red meat eater. And I, I feel I have to go back a little bit to tell you about my, my family or my history, because, you know, I think food is so universal and it's so, it has so many, um, it, it serves so many other purposes other than just nutrition. I mean, I think we, we know that. And so culturally it's a touchstone no matter where you come from. So for me, uh, my parents, I'm a native New Yorker. I grew up in the city and, and graduated high school in the suburbs, but my parents are from Alabama. And so my mother's mother, um, in addition to having 10 kids, she was a school cook. So food was like her, her love language. And so I have very fond memories of being in the kitchen with her, um, her shipping me um, this little dessert she used to make, a sweet bread and plain yellow cake. So she would ship that from Alabama to New York. And it just like made my life, you know, just because I was the oldest granddaughter. And so I would get these care packages from her. It was just really just like a hug in a, in a, in a box. Um, so food always played or, you know, a big role. But as far as my personal diet, um, I just I've always been kind of like, fortunately, I've never had like a real weight problem. Um, and I, I would eat red meat, but it wasn't like oh, I've got to have, you know, this three or four times a week, an occasional burger or things like that. And fast forward after right after I graduated medical school, we actually lost my grandmother to complications of stroke, high blood pressure, obesity, smoking. And she was only 67 years old. And so that was a wake-up call. And then I go on to practice medicine. And of course, I'm seeing the ravages of chronic disease, which we now know is often fueled, or it's certainly not helped by the American, the, the American diet. If somebody said it was a sad diet, you know, standard American diet, sad <laughs> diet. And so... Um, and then so fast forward to 2020, 
course, we all know what happened then. Well, I also turned 50 that year. I turned 50 in May of 2020. And um, so now, you know, at that point, of, of course, everything is shut down. I had big plans. I was going to go back to New York and, you know, paint the town red and all that. And so if the, you know, if you didn't do something different in, in 2020 in a pandemic, I don't know, you, you, you missed the, the signs. So for me, it was, um, you know, what, do, what do I want to do differently? You know, I've got a scary family history besides my grandmother. My other grandmother had coronary artery disease. We've got cancer. We've got obesity. We've got diabetes. You know, what can I do? What risk factors can I control to improve my health and to go into the second half of my century? Because I'm claiming it. I'm going to be a centenarian. I'm claiming that. So I started just looking at, um, you know, how do I, how do I cut out these, 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 these meats? And for me, again, it wasn't really red meat. Chicken and fish was probably, were probably more of my go-tos. Um, but then for me, going more plant-based was just, it's exciting because you get to create, you get to really, you just can't do that with, with, with regular, with, you know, animal foods. But when you're trying to substitute or recreate something uh, from plant-based sources, to me, it's really just exciting. And that's part of the reasons why I went to, to vegan culinary school as well, to learn, explore that more. So where did you go to vegan culinary school and how many vegan culinary schools are there? That's a good question. I don't know how many there are, but I went to Escoffier, Auguste, Auguste Escoffier. The, I was in the first class, the first vegan or plant-based class uh, was online. The school is actually in Boulder, Colorado. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Wow. So um, it was virtual, but I was the first in the first cohort of um virtual uh, students and for the vegan program. It's a well-established school, but this was their first foray into the vegan um, platform. So it was very exciting. 18-month program. Is that program, a hard but thing to teach in a, a virtual platform cooking? You know, you would think so, but they they make it work. I mean, we had mm -hmm. weekly live classes, we had small groups, we had uh, we you know we had to upload our work. We every step of everything we prepared, we took pictures, we had to upload it. Um, we had written assignments. They made it work. They for, right. for it to be the first class out the out of the out of the shoot. I, I thought they did a, a stupendous job. How do you upload your tempeh casserole? Is there a way to do that? <laughs> I guess they're taking really good pictures at this point. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> okay. So, um, you, uh, you graduated from the culinary school and then what did you want to use that for? So when I completed the, 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 uh, core program, I really, it was really for a couple of reasons. One, again, I wanted to learn more of the, yeah, I'm a, I'm a physician. I'm a lifelong learner. So it made sense to me to go back to school because this was an area that I didn't know as much about. So it was for my own personal knowledge of eating better, but also with my brand, having cooking classes, writing cookbooks, uh, really just wanted to add to um, my authenticity of being an expert, of being, you know, a physician and a chef, a culinary, you know, culinary school trained chef. Um, so it's just helped me be able to bring content um, to my followers and to my, my customers and subscribers. Okay. And um, so at, at some point you started a, a food delivery service. Is that right? I did. I tried it. And he, you know, <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I call myself, I think I'm, a, I'm an accidental entrepreneur, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it, it was it, it was a, a good idea. Uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of work and it's the logistics of getting the food 
to the subscribers. Um, I, I was trying to do it long distance, not just here in Charlotte. So um, I still do have uh, you know a few people that I'll do some meals for, um, but the whole operation I decided to to go in a different direction. Okay. So what what's your main focus now? <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm so glad you asked. So my main focus is this is my new baby. So I oh, have created. This is my, I'm trying to get it. The light, the glare is really bad, but this is my vegan Worcestershire sauce. So I created this. This is my recipe from scratch. And what I did was, well, first of all, I'll ask you, do you know why Worcestershire sauce is not vegan? No. It What's is usually in it? Anchovies. What's that? Anchovies. anchovies. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the anchovies give it that salty, umami flavor. And so, um, I, cause I, I was, I, the way this came about is I was hosting a show uh, on Facebook um, for blackdoctors.org and it was called Veganish. And I had this, this segment of the show called Vegan or Nah. And so I started with condiments. So let me just go through my refrigerator and see what I have in my refrigerator that's, that's, you know, vegan or not. And so some of the common ones like ketchup and mustard, unless they've got honey in it, those are going to be like honey mustard. That's going to be vegan. But I had a bottle. It started with a bottle of barbecue sauce. And I, I read the ingredients. And one of the first ingredients, like second or third ingredient was high fructose corn syrup. But we know how bad that is for you. So that went into the garbage. And so then I had this Worcestershire sauce. And I looked at the ingredients and I was like, oh, wow, you know, it's got anchovies. And so I just was like, well, why not create a recipe? And so I took a picture of the label of a leading brand and I just, of their ingredients. And I just came home and tinkered around and found a substitute for the anchovies. And uh, mine is actually lower in sodium. It's lower in calories. And even if you're not plant-based, the lower sodium formulation is really good because we mentioned earlier about high blood pressure. Uh, we know high salt, you know, can can worsen that. People who have swelling conditions that can aggravate, you know, salty foods can aggravate that. So even if you're not vegan or plant based, I think this is a a product that serves purposes for people with other health concerns as well. So All that's right. what I'm working on, getting that out into the the atmosphere because I would like to one day have a full suite of physician in the kitchen, condiments, sauces, um, salad dressings, things like that. Okay. And so this will be an online business. Well, uh, as I said, I'd like to have it in stores. I would like to have okay. it on store shelves as well. So this is I, this okay. is just kind of the early phases of it. And I like I sell it at locals, farmers markets when I participate um, I, on my website and things like that. Etsy. So wherever I can, wherever I can get it out there. Now, during your twenty years in practice as a family doctor, did you feel? that you were able to help people a lot? And did you feel that people were getting better or were they just taking more and more medicines? Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely feel like I helped. I mean, my approach as a family physician, it's in my DNA. Prevention is, is in my DNA. What can we prevent, right? We want to, before it becomes a problem, we want to find it. We want to, you know, first of all, identify risk factors. If you have early stages, what can we do to reverse it? And before it becomes a full-blown five alarm fire. So yes, I definitely helped patients. I have patients, you know, former patients to this day tell me, you know, you were the best doctor I ever had. You saved my life, this, then, the other. So because I always try to 
especially as a family physician, you try to treat the whole patient and that means the family as well. It doesn't do me any good or doesn't do a patient for any good for me to say, well, especially with children, right? Well, you know, your child's on the higher end of the growth curve, growth chart. Um, don't keep the, the, the fatty and sugary snacks in the house or, you know, expose them to secondhand smoke. But if the parents are not making any changes, then it's like, what can you do? The child can only do so much, right? So working with patients and families and trying to get them to identify, again, those modifiable risk factors, things that they can control. You might not can control where you live or your family history, things like that, but your age, but there are things that you can control. And so we would, I would definitely, you know, I, the analogy I used to use was, um, I was the coach and they were, you know, the patient was the, was the MVP, the all-star player. I can call up the plays. I can write up the plays, but you've got to take the ball and run with it. And my job is to help you to do that. And so, um, I'm a very big on patient advocacy, patient education, um, and so, you know, I wasn't just there just to push pills. I mean, if you need medicine, you need medicine. But, you know, at the end of the day, what is it that you're doing or what is it that you're exposed to that we can help reverse? And that, that's what the play of the, the title of my book, Doc Fix My Plate, it's kind of a play on that, right? Like fix my plate as in, you know, of course, prepare a plate, but also fix or correct what, um, you know, is on the plate as far as in, right. in terms of choices. Now- um, during those 20 years as a practicing physician, were you practicing plant-based medicine? Were you? No, 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 no. no. Again, that came about in 2020 when mm. I made the switch to, to become more plant-based. So unfortunately, while I was practicing, no, I didn't know that. Are you tempted to go back and, and practice plant-based medicine as a, as a practicing physician? Um, you know, at this point, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think with the platform I have now, I can reach more, uh, more people. And, um, so I don't know, I haven't, I really haven't, um, given that part thought because of the other things I'm trying to do right now. Okay. Um, and have you, uh, helped other people transform to veganism? So yeah, I would like to think so. I mean, the comments that I get, the reviews that I get from my my cookbook and my my cooking demos and my live streams, um, you know, because again, the approach I take is start where you are. You know, in the book, I don't, I say I'm not asking or telling you to go and clean everything out of your pantry, your freezer, your cabinets. That's not realistic, right? But you can. It all starts first actually with a mindset. You know, first of all, you have to figure out, well, why do you want to be plant-based? What's your why? I mean, yeah, the doctor can tell you, you need to do this, you need to do that. But we all know until you really take ownership or something really has meaning to you, you're probably not going to be as successful in making those changes. So that that starts with identifying your why, working on your mindset, you know, telling if you're telling yourself, well, that's too hard or it's too expensive or that's something that other people do, well, of course, you know, you're not going to be successful. But if you can articulate or, or, you know, identify, well, you know, I feel better when I eat salad <laughs> versus a big steak, or, you know, I don't want to be on all this medicine, or I want to be here for my grandkids. And when you start to identify that, 
then you, I think people will start to really have ownership and buy into it. And then they'll, they'll want to be more successful. And so you can start, as I said, start where you are. If that's just one day a week, you know, one meal out of a day can be meatless. Right. And then as you're meal planning, doing your grocery shop, your, your list, grocery list, look for ways where you can incorporate more plant-based and, and go for that. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about going out and buying all this. Cause one thing people say is, Oh, it's, it's really expensive to be vegan. Well, yeah, it can be if you're buying all this, you know, processed vegan stuff, right? Because just because something is vegan doesn't necessarily mean that it's healthy. Because if it's processed, like like Beyond Burger or Impossible Meat or whatever it's called, if you look compared to actual hamburgers, they actually they have uh, they, there's no cholesterol, but they have fat and they have high salt content. So hmm. it's like, well. You know, at the end of the day, you're probably better off just eating a burger if that's what you really want. Not and better so off, I, but not, 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 uh, it's not, you're not much better off to eat the vegan stuff. So in some, in some ways. And so, and so there's some concern about the long-term effect of some of the, the, uh, items that they're using to get the coloration. So there's, there's kind of, kind of a lot we don't know yet about those products. Um, so I really talk about more of a, of a, of a plant-based diet, whole plant, you know, least processed as possible. And um, try to just help people understand food labels. Cause that's another thing. I think, I think people in general, you know, want to eat healthier, but they'll see things like organic or uh, no non-GMO or vegan or blah, blah, blah. And they tend to lump all that together, meaning healthy, but not necessarily so. So right. it's a it's an educational process that I try to help people with, and I think I've I think I've done that from based on some of the comments I get. Have you noticed how there's so much coconut oil these days in a lot of these uh, vegan products and grocery stores that they're just full of coconut oil? Um, I don't know that I've that I've noticed that it's that it's an astounding amount. Uh, it's it's there in an awful lot of vegan yogurts and cheeses and uh, those Beyond Burgers and uh, Impossible Burgers. I think they have coconut oil as well. Um, so I find it very prevalent, and of course, it's very high in saturated fat. Right, and so again, just because something is vegan doesn't mean that you just eat it with wild abandon. Um, mm -hmm. Some fat is good, you know, and it depends on the type of fat that you're, you're eating. So um, it, all things in moderation, I mean, you, there's, you know, you nuts are good for you, right? They're vegan, but you don't necessarily want to sit down and eat a ton of those. Cause you know, they are high in fat and you right. want to watch that too. So it just, it really, um, it really depends. I personally don't have a problem using coconut oil, so I use it in moderation. Uh, coconut milk is more of what I I use. Um, like you mentioned, yogurt. I, I use yogurts made out of coconut milk. Um, and for people who don't have allergies, you know, that's a, another. It's an option for a creamier. If you're looking for a creamier um, option for versus cow's milk. Okay. Um, what do you recommend in the way of exercise for most people? Oh, great question. Whatever you enjoy doing. <laughs> uh, first of all, of course, see your physician. Any any of the things that I meant to give my disclaimer at the top of the hour. Uh, of course, I'm speaking in generalities. You would need to speak with your physician, your dietitian, whatever, you know, your whoever you're getting your health care from to, to make sure you're getting personalized advice. But 
yeah, whatever you enjoy doing. Um, we all know that, you know, uh, or we know that the recommendation are for most adults, 150 uh, minutes per week of uh, moderate to high intensity. Um, you know, you break that up. You can do, but you also want to balance that with your uh, kids. You can't just charge, you know, gun, gun, gun all the time. Your body needs time to recover and to 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 heal. Because when you exercise, you actually, you know, kind of cause micro injury to the muscle. So, you know, balance that with meditation and yoga, Pilates, you know, strength training, things like that to get a whole uh, workout. If you have access to a pool and you can swim, you know, as we get older and we have joint problems, you want to do non-weight bearing. I have a certain exercise bike that I enjoy working out on. Um, I kind of mix it up. I do a little bit of, of different things because uh, you don't want to get bored, right? Um, but I will say, find we we tend to find time for what's important and so when you uh if you say okay i know i need to exercise but i gotta do this i gotta take the kids i gotta do this and you start your day starts filling up then you by the time your bed your head hits the bed to put the pillow you're tired well if you schedule that you know five o'clock a.m i'm gonna get up and do 10 to 20 minutes or whatever Check, done, and move on with your date versus, and I, I say this myself, and I'm an empty nester, so I'm, I'm not driving a kid around to sports and music and things like that anymore. But I know that if I don't get that workout in in the morning, by the time I get off work, go to whatever meetings I've got to go to or, you know, whatever, it's less likely going to happen. So prioritize it. It's okay to be selfish, right? I'm talking to you parents out there because I know especially with little ones, you, you're like, oh, you know, I've got to do this. It's okay to be selfish. It's selfish in this regard because you you need to recharge yourself. You need to, because you can't pour from an empty cup. So give yourself permission to, for, you know, 30 minutes, whatever you need to get your workout um, on or in for the day and, and, and you'll be likely to be more successful. Now, when, when you transitioned to a vegan diet yourself, did you meet a lot of resistance from family and friends? It's very interesting. Um, so, as I mentioned, my family, both sides, are from Alabama. <laughs> what, so, part of it, what part of Alabama? My, my parents are from the Tuscaloosa area. Yeah, so I, I, went, I went to the University of Alabama for one year. There you go. So Crimson Tide. So go, it's a rural tide. So, um, you know, so my immediate family, my parents, you know, my mom, she it's so funny because she she gets the credit right you know you don't you don't listen to your parents when you're younger right like who does that so you know my mom is always you know, trying to get me to to you know to eat healthy and things like that. Whereas my dad and my son, well, my dad, my son is, he's in college now. He's kind of swinging more toward a little more plant-based. My dad is pretty staunchly, you know, I'm going to eat meat, but they all do indulge me. My recipes, when I, they're my guinea pigs. They're my first line guinea pigs. Um, and for the most part, you know, they, they like it. Uh, my larger family, uh, one of my dad's brothers is, is vegan. So he, they, they've been down this road with him. So they're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, and, but it's, it's a personal choice. You know, I don't go to family events and say, oh, you guys are eating pork and you do you, you know, I'm going to eat what I want to eat. Um, and I find too that if you don't even tell people something's vegan, sometimes they, you know, I make this vegan blondie, which are basically, you know, brownies, but not as dark. If you didn't know they were they were vegan, you you probably wouldn't know. And I make them with a can of beans. 
So, yeah. and they're delicious. And then whenever I make them, there's never any left. So, right. <laughs> so, so not a lot of pushback then. You know, it's my dad, the running joke. He's like, I never know what I'm eating when I come to your house. I don't, I don't know what this is. Don't tell me what it is. <laughs> so, you know, and he, for the most part, like I said, he, you know, he'll like it. If he doesn't, okay. Uh, but yeah, I started, I, I'm a child in the 70s. I remember having a little easy bake oven as a little girl and making a little uh, cake that came with the, the oven. Um he he still teases me about when I was twelve. I made him some scrambled eggs, and there were shells in the in the eggs. And so he's he's been a, he's been my guinea pig for a few decades now, and he he's still he's still kicking. So. Hmm. So he's not letting you off the hook for those shells in the eggs, huh? He never will. He he's never <laughs> going to let that go. Nope. Mm. <laughs> well, that'll teach you to cook eggs. Exactly. Exactly. See. Right, I don't say yeah. problem anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think is the greatest challenge towards getting people to adopt a, a healthy vegan diet? That's that's such a great question. I think the biggest challenge because there are a lot. You no, know, I think it's the myth of you have to eat meat to get enough protein. I really do. I think people, that is just so ingrained in people's brains. Because, you know, the advertising has done its job, right? Yeah. Got milk. Milk does a body good. You know, all the messages we've been bombarded with um, from, you know, big egg, big meat, big dairy, you know, whatever. Um so I think overcoming that, because one of the, the, the questions I get is, well, how can you get enough protein, you know, as a, as a vegan? And I just say, name the largest animal on the planet. Elephants, right? Mm-hmm. Whales, you know, they, they're not eating meat. <laughs> you know, elephants eat grass and, and trees. So, you know, the cows that you eat, they're not eating meat. So it's there's this myth that you can't. And there's a lot of good quality uh, plant based sources of protein. Um, you know, there are documentaries that I've that I've watched about just how food is made. That kind of, you know, the the you know the, talk about the, the the food supply, and uh, and then documentaries about you know how athletes are thriving on plant based diets like winning awards like they're tops in their sports so i i would say that's the biggest challenge is really overcoming this mindset that if you don't eat some kind of animal you're not going to get enough protein and you're going to be weak and anemic and get blown over by a strong gust of wind (laughs) (laughs) so I would I would say if we can if we can combat that I think we have we'll have a fighting chance. Now, d- did your own health transform in any way when you went plant based? So that's another great question. I unfortunately am, am you know pretty healthy. Uh, I do have high blood pressure. I have, as I've mentioned, that scary family history before. So um, I have high blood pressure in my mom. So you know, we you have a 50-50 chance. If you've got a first-degree relative, so a parent, sibling, or child who has high blood pressure, flip a coin. You've got a 50-50 chance of developing it. Her mother had it as well. So yes, I've been hypertensive now probably 20 years. And so, gosh, 
I say that and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, so for 20 years. So I've noticed that, yeah, my blood pressure does seem to be better. My cholesterol, the biggest improvement I saw was in my cholesterol. And my cholesterol was never, I've never had to be on medicine for my cholesterol. But just a few months ago, I had my lipid panel done. My numbers were literally half of what they were, whereas my good cholesterol was significantly, you know, better. And it just was, it was mind blowing. I'm not on any medicine uh, for cholesterol. So yes, definitely. Um, um, so those, those are kind of like my big things that I've noticed. Um, but as I said, fortunately, you know, I'm not, not diabetic, so I don't have those issues, but even my sugar, my fasting sugar was, was less than what it was before. So I definitely, you know, have seen improvements in those metrics. Great. Um, and do you find that, um, that your exercise routine changed along with your diet that going on lighter plant foods helped you to exercise more maybe um you know that's interesting i haven't really looked at it that way but it's it's interesting because i did get my bike around i got my bike in 2020 as well so uh -huh. you know as as, as as physicians we do studies and we look at things that are is it a correlation or is it causative you know like did, did that just happen to be at the same time or did that really cause that so it's hard for me to tease that apart but um, I know when I get a good night's sleep and I get mm -hmm. up and I get on my bike and I do my exercises, my energy level, and then I, you know, add in the quality protein and, 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 um, good carbs and things like that. I, I know I feel like I can go, you know, people are like, oh my goodness, like, you know, how are you still going? Like, what do you, and you know, when I'm tired, I'll crash. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, I do, I am a pretty high energy person. <laughs> and so um, the analogy I, I used to use, particularly with my male patients, um, is, you know, is a car. You know, you think of your body like a car. If I gave you the keys to a, you know, Porsche or, a, you know, Maybach or whatever, you know, high-end expensive car, and then you go to the pump and you put in 87 octane, then you wonder why it's knocking and pinging and it's not going zero to 60 like you think it should. Well, because you put crappy, you know, you didn't put the right fuel in there. So your body, right? right. You want to give your body the right fuel so it can perform, you know, put garbage in and expect you to be able to, to do all the things that you need to do. So um, that's kind of, you know, the analogy I use. Yeah. So you're fairly new to your plant-based journey, just a few years old, right? Yeah. Yeah. And do you find it that you're still evolving, that your oh, diet definitely. is still evolving? Definitely. I was at the farmer's market yesterday and uh, I, I subscribed to, a, there's a, a local uh, black owned farm here in Charlotte that I subscribe to. It's called a CSA, Community Supported Agriculture. Mm -hmm. And they normally deliver my subscription, but I just happened to be available and went to the farmer's market yesterday. And so talking to the farmers about what, because some of the items I didn't know, I didn't, uh, I couldn't identify what they were. And so just getting that kind of one-on-one uh, -on -one tutorial was really eye-opening. And then also um, by the time I got there, they had sold out, but there was another booth that sold mushrooms. Well, of course, you know, if you're plant-based, mushrooms are kind of a big deal for you. It's yeah. a meat replacement. And so I learned about some varieties I didn't know and some other ways to prepare them. So definitely, I mean, there's 
there's there's no way I'm going to know everything about being plant based in three years. Like that's mm-hmm. not realistic. Um, so yes, and I hope I never know everything because again, as a lifelong learner, um, there's always there's going to always be something to to learn or to like. I learned a different way to cook mushrooms, like boiling mushrooms before you sauteed them. I didn't know that. Because I always thought, you know, well, you don't want to, you know, mushrooms have their own liquid. Why would you boil them? But apparently, you know, it helps them cook better. Who knew? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, there's a lot to learn. And uh, that's why I think this is just a good time to be in this in this arena because it's, it's um, there's a lot that we're learning. There's a lot of science and research being done um, to really back up, you know, Yes, plants are good for you, but why are they good for you? And how do we use these foods to treat or prevent these illnesses? I think there's a lot more that we're going to learn about that. Well, thank you, Dr. Monique May, for joining us today. You can find her book, Doc, Fix My Plate, uh, on Amazon. Well, they can actually buy it. They can buy it directly from me at docfixmyplatebook.com. Get it from okay. me, you get an autographed copy. Oh, wow. So if you yeah. want an autographed copy, go to docfixmyplate.com. Docfixmyplatebook.com. And what Book. are your other yep. websites? Remind us one more time. Yeah, if you want to join me in the kitchen, it's cookingwithdrmonique.com. Um, my store where, where the book is and the, and the sauce is actually uh, physicianinthekitchen.net. And if you're interested in my course on just how to become more plant-based, how to start that journey, you can find that at plantbaseyourpantry.com. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. All right. Sorry. Thank thank you again for joining us. Find us at the Glenn Mercer show on YouTube and across your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe and take care. This has been the Glenn Mercer Show, where everyone listening turns vegan, regains their health, and annoys their friends and relatives. Find us on YouTube at the Glenn Mercer Show and across all your major podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe.